Blog Talk Radio. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country. Founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead. You need God in America again. Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, We've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, You can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our Abe Lincoln said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. So when you eliminate the word of God from the classroom and politics, you eliminate the nation that word protects. America is now number one in teen pregnancy and violent crime, number one in illiteracy, drug use, and divorce. Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vexes us all. When it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is going to fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. That one nation under God is our demand. And send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from. And let the word of God revive our dying land. For Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory. And every eye shall see him on that day. 
That's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us to boldly tell the world you must be saved. Because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all farce. If you're born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers. Because you can look to the very one who made those stars. History tells us time and time again. To live like there's no God makes you a fool. If you want to see kids live right, stop handing out condoms. And start handing out the word of God in school. Save the Republic. Our fathers appealed to heaven. What did heaven do? Heaven heard. Heaven heard. Our fathers said they would treat all men equal. When they did not, heaven saw. Heaven saw. Our fathers fought each other and paid a great price. Father Abe kept the Union, but not the Republic. We forgot the Republic and placed our trust in man and suffer oppression. We appeal to heaven. What did heaven do? Heaven heard. Heaven heard. God save the Republic. Joseph Gibson here, podcasting live, understanding the times in which you live today, a little after 9 p.m. on the East Coast here from Greensboro, North Carolina, Easter weekend, and we know every year we usually, around Easter, well, you know, we do an Easter show at Easter. <laughs> I don't even like using that word Easter because it's all a lie and a farce. But uh, you can't tell that to a lot of people today, but we're going to bring on a gentleman here who's been on no a stranger to the podcast, been on many times throughout the years, but Easter... For some reason, when he does this, when he comes on during this this time, does the Easter show, it's the most downloaded show I have, the most popular show that I have that people listen to, live listens, and including, uh, like I said, downloads. More people have downloaded the the, the show he did uh, last year and the year prior to that than any other podcast that I have, I have done over all these years. So I don't know why, but uh, I guess maybe because he's preaching the Word of God and talking about the Word of God. But I'm talking about Dr. Peter Ventura from Connecticut. He, at that time when he first came onto this podcast, he was from Imperial Beach, San Diego, California. But he since now has relocated to Cal, uh, excuse me, Connecticut. And uh, I'm not, uh, not going to say where, but uh, he's up there. And look, he gives a, uh, he's going to preach a message. Um, uh, he's getting over the COVID. So he may not be 100%, but I'm sure God's going to give him the strength to get, preach the message here tonight. And listen to the message. Pay attention. You know, I don't know. You know, I invited a lot of people on. I see a lot of people here that are here. I see a lot of new people that are here on the, on the call, but I don't see the others that were always here. What's the matter? Are you busy? You got something to do? I mean, what are you doing at 9 o'clock at night on a Friday night? You should be here listening to this message. You should be paying attention. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, and if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then Dr. Peter Ventura is going 
going to tell you how, and that's what you need to do, because let me tell you something. We are in trouble here in America. We are in trouble around the world, and we're all in trouble. I'm in trouble. We're all in trouble. You're in trouble, and unless we repent, unless we receive Jesus Christ, and you're not going to do it in Easter egg tonight, uh, on Sunday. You're not going to do it on Easter egg. And those people out there that are listening right now about your Good Friday, hopefully Peter will give a message at the end here about this Good Friday nonsense, okay? Because, you know, when I'm in these Bible studies and these people catch me off, you know, they, I'm not as well-versed in the Bible and theology as I'd like to be, which I probably should be. But let me tell you something. Good Friday. There's nothing good about Friday, okay? But anyway, let me bring on Dr. Peter Ventura here from the state of Connecticut. Let me see. Let me unmute you. Go ahead, Peter. You're live. Ah, good evening, uh, Joe. Thank you for uh, having me on the program. Good evening, audience. Have a short message tonight. Well, not too short, but it's a message on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No resurrection, no hope. Not for the world, not for America, and not for anybody. The Pope can't save you. Your priest can't save you. The pastor can't save you. The deacons can't save you. Your neighbors aren't going to save you. No resurrection, no hope. And it's, you know, the world is celebrating Easter. And, uh, you know, Easter is a pagan holiday. And I'll touch on that for a minute. Uh, the fallacy of Christ dying on a Friday, he, he said in Scripture that he'd be three days and three nights in the tomb, just as Jonah was in the whale's belly. And you're not going to get three days and three nights from Friday. And let me ask you this question before we pray this in and read Scripture. Let me ask you this question. Here's something to think about. Did Christ die a different day every year? Because Easter comes a different day every year. Isn't that something? Huh? Makes you kind of wonder. All right, let's uh, have a quick prayer, and we'll get this thing started. Is that okay, Joe? Yeah, man. Yeah, floor is yours. Go ahead. Thank you. Now, Holy Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just bow down before you tonight, Lord. ask you to do that which I cannot do. Set me aside and let nothing come from me, Lord, that's not from you. And uh, chase every foul and unclean spirit away, Lord, and that this message would resonate and touch the hearts and minds of the people that are here. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. As I said, the uh, title of this sermon is uh, No Resurrection, No Hope. And our scripture is going to come out of two places. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 6, says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn. Notice it. Notice it's not daytime. It's not sunrise. It's, it's the end of the Sabbath, and it began to dawn. We're just at dawn. We're not at dawn. The sun hasn't come up yet. You see, uh, when you're calculating this time, you have to do it as a Jew would do it. And it's from 6 at night to 6 at night. A Jew didn't keep time from 12 to 12. He, the nation of Israel kept time from 6 to 6. Christ, it wasn't a good Friday. It was a bad Wednesday. 6 o'clock Wednesday, he had to be in the tomb. Then you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. That's three days and three nights. And the only gospel that tells you that is the gospel of John because John tells you clearly that that it was a high day. And if you'll go to Leviticus 23, I'm not going there, but I want you to write it down. Leviticus 23 tells you that there are more Sabbaths than just a Saturday Sabbath. So when it said it, it was a Sabbath and Christ had to come off the cross, it wasn't a Saturday Sabbath. You see, you had the Feast of Passover on the 10th day of the month. The people went out and they got their lamb and they watched it for four days. On the 14th day of the month, they killed the 
the Passover lamb. On the 15th day is a high day. It's an extra Sabbath, and it begins the Feast of First Fruits, and it runs for seven days. And the first Sunday in between is, is uh, First Fruits. So I'm sorry, let me correct that. Right after Passover is a high day, and that's an extra Sabbath, and that begins the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then within that week, those seven days where that feast goes on is the Feast of First Fruits. So Christ died on Wednesday. Then we went into the feast on Passover. Then they went to the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then on the day of Feast of First Fruits, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He is the first fruit. So it wasn't a good Friday. If you're biblical, it was a bad Wednesday. And so the scripture says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. Amen. And bear with me to verse 6. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became dead as men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And the second scripture I'd like to read you a passage would come out of 1 Corinthians. And uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, uh, verse, we'll start at verse 13, clearly says, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that, that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Amen. Listen, Easter is a pagan holiday. There's nowhere in the Bible, there is nowhere in Scripture where anybody is told to celebrate Easter. Jesus Christ did not tell anyone to celebrate Easter. No apostle is found anywhere in Scripture telling anyone to celebrate Easter. No one's told anywhere in Scripture to celebrate Easter. Easter is a pagan holiday. It was a pagan festival. It was, it was celebrated to the goddess of fertility. In Ephesus, she was called Diana. In Babylon, Semiramis. In Phoenicia, Astaroth. In Greece, Astarte. See, Easter has nothing to do with Christians and nothing to do with Jesus Christ. And if you're listening here tonight and you're saved, Easter has nothing to do with you, Christian. Every Christian is to remember the death and the birth of Jesus Christ every day, seven days a week, 365 days each year. Jesus Christ was born to die and it is in the power of his resurrection that you and I, who are saved, the world needs hope. And if there's no resurrection, there can be no hope. No resurrection, no hope. Alfred Mace, he was a minister of the word of God. He was walking down the street with his father. His father 
was a champion boxer. And the young minister saw a funeral procession coming up the same street. And Minister Mace said to his father, here he comes again, Dad. The only beaten once took a boxer stand, and he said, where is he? Where is he? And the young man ministered, said, there he is. His name is Death. You see, the devil's a a tyrant. He's a tyrant. He's the instigator of death. R.G. Lee, the famous preacher, said a man may be blind and alive, deaf and alive, dumb and alive, but if he is insensible to material things, he's dead. And so it is with an unregenerated soul. An unregenerated soul meets all objects and agencies of the spiritual world with cold indifference, with utter unconcern. And though he's charged with numberless transgressions and the wrath of God abideth on him, he is insensible to so the burden. And though destruction and misery are on his way, he is unalarmed. And though and though God reproves, encourages, alerts his authority, displays the reasonableness of his command, addresses man's hope and man's fear, draws back the veil that hides the eternal world and sets life and death, blessing and cursing before them, men turn away. They turn away from him that speaketh. They reject the counsel of God against themselves, remaining stubbornly inflexible against God's overtures of love and mercy. Man is in danger of not one death, but three deaths, physical death, spiritual death, and eternal death. Everyone has an appointment, whether they believe it or not whether they ignore it or not, and put it in the back of their mind. Hebrews 9.27, the scripture says, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. I tell people often that when I speak to them, there's two dates on that tombstone, the date you were born and the date you're going to die. And I'll tell you what, you're going to be dead a whole lot longer than you lived, and you better find out where you're going. I, I did a funeral recently. And the people were there, and they said, well, you know, I've heard this story. Well, I'll come to church when I'm all straightened out. Well, there he was. My friend was in a box, all straightened out. All right? Is that what you're waiting for? Death is coming, my friends. And who knows? You may be next. No resurrection, no hope. You look to any cemetery. Death is no respect to a person, culture, sex, social standing, and wealth holds no favor with death. Death has no interest in your plans or your investments. Death has no respect for you. Only one has conquered death, Jesus the Christ. It is Jesus the Christ who is willing to give you the victory over death and to replace it with eternal life. Hey, no resurrection, no hope. Christ the Savior has the power and has conquered the three deaths of man. He has conquered physical death. He has conquered spiritual death. He has conquered eternal death. The scriptures clearly tell us that after Jesus Christ's resurrection, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Matthew 28, 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. No resurrection, no hope. An absolute danger is that man is enjoying his dead state. And for a season anyway, have no doubts. The devil has no happy old people. Amen? And God has no grandchildren. No resurrection, no hope. Amen? Listen, the first death to be conquered, which cancels out the other two, is spiritual death. Every person, boy or girl, man or woman, in this now and nasty 2022, spiritually dead outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews, the word of God, Hebrews 2.14 says, 
For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Hey, no resurrection, no hope, my friends, tonight. Man is happy. You know man is happy in his unsaved, unregenerated state. He's allowing his soul and his body to get all they can get out of this world, feeding the flesh, not realizing the soul and the flesh are addicted to the things of the world and can never be satisfied. Sin addiction cannot be cured cured by cold turkey. Self-help and striving is useless. A lost person needs a great physician, Jesus Christ. There's no program outside of Jesus Christ. No A-A-N-A. Hey, listen, and I get it. I've been to the N-A meetings. I've been there to witness at the A-A meetings. You know what they say? They say, I'm a recovering addict. No, you're not. If you're a Christian, the Bible says that the Son shall make you free. You are free indeed. You have the victory over that sin. You are not a recovering addict. You are a Christian. You are too... 1 Corinthians 2, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, all things become new. Amen. Sin addiction cannot be cured by cold turkey. You understand? There's no program outside of Jesus Christ. Zechariah 4, 6 says, by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. And what do you think people were doing, by the way, before AA and NA and self-help? Nothing. See, that's your problem. You helped yourself too long and too much. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. iPhone, I, hey, we used to take pictures of things. Now today we take pictures of ourselves. We're a materialistic. It's my iPad. It's my iPhone, I, I, I. You know, there was five eyes over there in the book of Isaiah where Satan says, I will rise above the throne of God. I will be like the most high, I, I, I. That's the problem with people today. That's the problem with the church today. You're too caught up on the eyes, yourself. No resurrection, no help. Listen, my friends, you can argue over various Hebrew, Hebrew and Greek words if you wish. You can hide behind your scholarship and support your own theology. You can get all you can, can all you get, and sit on that can. You can still, but you still need Jesus Christ, the great physician. You must, my friend, be born again. John 3, 3, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. You want to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. Why? Because you're dead in your sin and trespasses. And what did the world do for you anyway? Amen. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Physical death comes to everyone unless the Lord comes in the air for his own and takes them up in the rapture. It is the unsaved and the backslidden who are living as if this life is the only one to live. And they act as if this is it. Isaiah wrote this, and behold, joy, gladness, slaying oxen, killing sheep, eating flesh, and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we shall die. And it was revealed in mine ears by the Lord of hosts, surely this iniquity shall not be purged from you till ye die, saith the Lord of hosts. You, you, you need to die to self. You need to give up the eye. The unsaved, the unregenerated life has no pleasure in God's eyes. In, in regeneration, in getting saved, it is man's spirit that is given life and born again from above. You cannot save yourself. If there's no resurrection, my friends, there's no hope. Listen, 5,000 people every year get blasted off the face of the earth. They thought they were going to be dead. Over here in Avon Mountain in Connecticut about four or five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, the guy came down the hill with a dump truck, 
brakes gave out, and he ran over like 12 cars and killed a dozen people. Tomorrow's not promised to you, my friend. I don't know what you're waiting for to get saved. You see, I want to know what the world did for you. But in regeneration, it's man's spirit that is given life and born again from above. And you can't save yourself if there's no resurrection, there's no hope. And I'm not waiting for the undertaker. Maybe you're waiting for the undertaker. See, I settled that sin issue with God. I'm born again, and I'm not waiting for the undertaker. I'm waiting for the overtaker, the overtaker, the overtaker. Amen? I'm waiting for the overtaker. Jesus, the Christ, not some Easter bunny. You know why them Easter eggs were red? You better go back and study that thing because it comes from Nimrod. And it comes from Nimrod and Semiramis, who became the queen of heaven, whose husband was Nimrod. The Bible says he was a mighty hunter. And he was building a tower. And it was a place of commerce. And it was a place of religion. Amen. What do you think those steeples are on the churches for? Churches have steeples because when they ring the bells, people know where to go. And there he's building the tower in the city of commerce. That's Mystery Babylon all over again, over in the book of Revelation. Amen. Only she's the, the one that sits in Rome on the seven hills. And you know who that is. Her colors are purple, scarlet, and, and gold. And the last thing it deals with when you look at the commercial side of it, it deals with men's souls, stealing men's souls. Amen. The Bible says, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And you could be wearing all the Roman Catholic scapulas you want, telling you that if you're wearing this scapula with Mary on it, you're going to heaven. And I got news for you. You're going to split hell wide open. Amen. All right, listen. In regeneration, and look, it, I'm born again. I'm not waiting for the undertaker. Here's what the scripture says. You and I, Christians, we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You, you know, Titus 2.13, you're all talking about the rapture. You're all talking about Antichrist. You're all talking about the tribulation. You're all looking for some little guy in a little red devil suit with a pitchfork. I got news for you. Angels don't have wings. And if you could find me some angels in this Bible that are men that have wings. See, the Bible says in Hebrews, some have entertained, be careful to entertain strangers. Some have entertained angels unaware. You might have entertained an angel, but you would have known if he had wings. And Satan isn't going to appear. He appears as an angel of light, and an angel is a man. The only thing in that Bible with wings were the women that were carrying the figs, and it was evil, it said. And you haven't settled that sin issue tonight with God. You need to, or you're going to split, and you're going to spend hell in time and eternity in hell. You're going to suffer the damnation. Listen, I have the fortitude to tell you because it's the word of God and it's in the scriptures. I'm not here to lie to you. I'm not going to get you a church where you can go find your music, country, western rock, and, and, and rap, whatever you want to play, and listen to, and get a comfortable, and get a little rub on the back of your head and send you home and tell you everything's all right. Listen, everything's not all right. The world, it's not evolution, it's devolution. It's going down. And you better get saved because time's running out. My preacher doesn't talk like that. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe your preacher doesn't care enough about you. Maybe your preacher's afraid you won't come back if he preaches like that. I don't know. Maybe he's afraid to lose some money, you know, lose a congregation. Hey, I'd rather have five people that are serious and love the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm interested in quality, not quantity. Amen. You might as well just take your Bible if you're a preacher and you've got a dead church. Throw that pulpit out. You're having Easter services at your church. Shame on you. You don't like my preaching? So let me let Jesus Christ help you out here a little bit, okay? I, I'll, I'll stop preaching. I, I'll tell you what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 30, 
32 to 33, Jesus said, Fill ye up the measure of your fathers, your serpents, your generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? Amen. Hey, listen, oh, Jesus wouldn't talk like that. Oh, he wouldn't, did he? He'd call them a generation of vipers, a bunch of snakes. That's what he said. Let me read it to you again. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, your generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? See, Jesus didn't mince words. His words, he didn't mince his words. And so don't expect me to. There are men out there that went, and there are men that are sent. And I got news for you, friend. There's plenty of churches that will give you a good feeling. And you'll have no conviction of sin. And nothing will change in your life. And you'll have nothing to, to uh, uh, in treasures in heaven. Nothing stored up that's eternal. You see, the problem with the church today is it's got Ichabod written over it. First Samuel 4.21, the glory is departed. Dosian preacher. You know what Jesus said about those preachers in Laodicea in Revelation 3.16? So then because thou art lukewarm, you know what lukewarm is. You know who I'm talking out there. You, you, you go to church and sit. You ain't done nothing in that church in a year, two years. You're a good giver. Hey, I'll tell you what, Pastor Rocky Shanks out there in Melbourne, South Dakota, you know what he'd tell you? He'd call you in his office and say, you know what, you're a good giver. Why don't you go down the street and give some? They, they love good givers. We got action in this church. We're supposed to reach out to the community. We're supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to be soul winners. We're supposed to be training men up to open other churches, independent fundamental churches. We're supposed to be getting missionaries. Okay? The problem with the church today is Ichabod and, you know, mealy-mouth preachers, mealy-mouth preachers and lukewarm Christians. And you know what? The Bible says it makes God sick. He'll spew them out of his mouth, he said. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You make God sick. You hear me? You quit playing church. I had a friend who went down to Virginia, and he told me I'm moving out of Virginia. A good, strong Christian. I said, why are you going out of Virginia? He says, because that's, he says, because I wanted to go down there and go attend the church. It's the Bible Belt. And you know what I learned? I said, what'd you learn? He said, people down there go to church because that's what they do. Yeah, amen. Ain't want a soul to Christ in so long. Mealy mouth preachers preaching from the pulpit, don't even know how to dress properly, got their shirts hanging out, wearing sneakers. And I heard a moron up there. Hey, listen, and I'm not afraid to call it that as it is. I heard a moron up there in Baker City get up in a Baptist church and stand up there and went up there, had a nine-year-old boy with me. And that boy looked at me and he said, he said, Grandpa, what's wrong with that guy? And that man preached on Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, he taught that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night because he was embarrassed. And he didn't even give a, uh, he didn't even, well, it all panned out. He didn't even give an invitation. It all panned out because of the Bible he was using. Once he started using that NIV, it was obviously where he was, the Nutty Idiots version, all right? There's only one Bible, and that's the, that's the Word of God. The rest are counterfeits. There's only one Bible without a copyright, and that's the King James Version. You can open up your NIV, RSV, ASV, and all the other Vs, and the New World Translation. And by the way, the Jehovah Witnesses were using the King James Version Bible before 1964 or 62 when they wrote their own Bible. You know why they wrote their own Bible? Because they can't adhere to the Scriptures. Mealy-mouthed preachers out there. You see, and listen, Nicodemus didn't come to Jesus at night because he was embarrassed. He was a Pharisee, one of the ruling parties. And anybody got caught talking to Jesus was going to get thrown out of the synagogue. That man, he doesn't even know what he's preaching. And then he called his worship team a bunch of women getting up there with tight pants on and, 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 and T-shirts and telling everybody to jump up and down and praise Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, listen, what, what's wrong with these people? 
And then you people sit under people like that instead of walking out of that church and go find a sound doctrine, Bible-believing Baptist church where you can get saved, where they're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You want an emotional high. You might as well go. You get mad the preacher preaches over 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You're mad you want to go home. You're zipping up. I can hear it in the church. Zip, zip, zip. Everybody's zipping up their Bible. Hey, listen, you'll sit in a rain delay for an hour at a baseball game, two hours. Amen? You won't say amen to the preacher that you agree with his preaching. But you'd holler over the bar, hey, give me a Budweiser. Shame on you, Christians. Mealy mouth preachers and lukewarm Christians make God sick. Hey, you need to repent, you backslider. You can't escape the judgment just because you're saved. Listen, you might have settled that sin issue at Calvary, but 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done whether it be good or bad, payday, someday, payday, someday. Listen, the Bible says every knee will bow before Jesus Christ. So you can bow now or you can bow later, but you don't want to bow later because then it's too late because when they call your name, Billy, Bob, Jack, Sarah, Kathy, hey, they're not in the book of life. Well, white throne judgment, where do they go? To the lake of fire. Get out from my presence. That's what God's going to say. See, God didn't make you love him. God gave you free will, and you have a choice. He doesn't make you love him. You don't have to love God. You don't have to appreciate the creator. You don't have to worship him. You can go somewhere else. It's like what I tell the devil when he bothers me. I tell him to go home. You know where his home is. We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad, payday, someday. And listen, if you're saved and you're listening to me tonight, all you need to do is remember 1 John 1, 9 to get this straight. You listening? If we confess our sins. See a little if? If we confess our You've been living that sin life too long, my friend. Hey, sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. You better get it right. The Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. I tell my prisoners in the prison ministry, knees on the floor, nose in the Bible, eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen. See, it doesn't matter if your sin is only once in a while. It is sin. Give it up. I, hey, listen, it only took one sin to get thrown out of the Garden of Eden. We, there was a church down the street. I met people down here in Woodbury. They have a church, and, and the a female pastor, which is against scripture, she shacked up in she was shacked up in the rectory with her boyfriend. What in the world's going on here? God have mercy on her wretched soul. That's what she's teaching our little girls and little boys. To just shack up with them. What happened to the sanctity of marriage? Adam and Eve, God created. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and father cleave unto his wife. They twain shall be one. Genesis. You know, it only takes one sin. To send an unmanned saved, unmanned, an unsaved man to hell. People don't get to hell for stealing. They don't go to hell for lying. They don't go to hell for murder or rape. They don't go to hell for robbery. They don't go to hell for stealing. Listen, being a thief won't send you to hell. Here's what Jesus Christ said. Here's what happens in hell. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. All a person needs to go to hell is to reject the salvation offer of Jesus Christ, God's only son, who died on that cross for your sin. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. 
He that believeth not the Son shall not see light, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Hey, listen, hey, you, you, you don't want the wrath of God on you. You know, people say, oh, pastor, preach on the love of God. I'll take you to the love of God. You better go over to Isaiah. He said when he comes back after his second coming, he's going to trample them under his feet. He's going to sprinkle his blood on them, on his garments. God is not playing. America's in trouble, and it's in trouble because you Christians won't get on your knees and get your own hearts right. And if you get your hearts right, the Bible says my people pray. Well, we are the people of God. We want God to hear our prayers. How's God going to hear your prayers if you're backslidden living in sin? How are you going to save a nation? Josiah prayed they were going to take him to Babylon, and Josiah found the word of the God. He was just a boy, a boy king. And they brought the book to him, and he read the book, and he called everybody together. He said, listen, we're doing this wrong. We're disrespecting God. We need to get right. And the whole nation got right. And you know what happened? People were praying, and God gave him a reprieve. Instead of sending them to Babylon, he let them stay. He gave them a reprieve. America could have a reprieve. America's under the judgment of God. You've got to be blind to see that. Lord, have mercy. This COVID thing and all this nonsense, these politicians, listen, it's pure evil. You want to teach a two- and a three-year-old and third-grader about universe? sex. What the heck is going on here in America? It's about time some of you people that are God-fearing men stand up for God. Where's God's rights in America? Where was his rights when they took the Ten Commandments out? Where was his rights when they put transgenders into women's swimming? What, what's going on in this world? Shame on you people. You're sitting back there waiting for somebody else to do it. Amen. You better get a hold of that congressman. You better get a hold of that senator, that state representative, and tell him, we're not having it. So don't expect our vote. You see? And it doesn't matter, my friends, if you were baptized or sprinkled as a baby. That isn't getting you saved. Here's what gets you saved. Romans 10, 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, it don't matter whether you're rich or you're poor, you're black or you're white, you're Chinese or Jewish. God's not going to say to you when you get to heaven, are you an Italian? He's going to say, did you receive my son as your savior? And some of you are going to say no, and he's going to say, okay, lake of fire. Is his name in the book of life? No, nope, it's blotted out. Bye-bye. Abide in heaven. And a sinner whose sins are not forgiven cannot stay in heaven. You, today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. You see, if you're not saved, you could bow down right now, and you can glorify Jesus Christ, or you can bow down later. You see, Romans 14, 11 says, the holy written word of God says, pay attention, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. You know what they're going to confess? God Jesus Christ is your son. He's your son. You'll admit it now or you'll admit it later. And you can't wait till later. Tomorrow's not promised. People are getting killed by stray bullets in their home. We just had a lady over here in Waterbury, Connecticut, I read in the newspaper. Somebody shot a bullet, went through the house and killed her in her bed. Or she was washing dishes or something. Listen, tomorrow's not promised. America's become the land of sudden death. And if you're not saved, and you don't settle that sin issue with Jesus Christ, your name's going to be missing from God's book of life. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 and 15 says, 
And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My friends, that's the word of God. Don't give me this nonsense. The Bible's a thousand years old. Two thousand men wrote it and he changed it. Listen, God promised in Psalm 12 and 6, his words tried seven times. There's seven translations, seven world languages to the King James Bible. Amen. God has preserved his word. Not the Lockman Foundation, not any other foundation. It is God who has preserved his word. And God has given you basic instructions before leaving earth. Bible. No resurrection, no hope. I'm not denying there's a resurrection of Jesus Christ. My church isn't celebrating Easter. We're not putting Easter outside in front of our church and people think that it's a pagan holiday. They don't even know what Easter stands for, most of the people, okay? But really, Semiramis married her son, Nimrod, and then he was killed by a wild pig and his blood was sprinkled on an evergreen stump to an evergreen tree and an evergreen tree and she claimed that he was Baal, the sun god. And that in the spring, he comes back at the, at the spring solstice. Sound familiar? And what happens in the spring? Fertility. Rabbits and eggs. Well, where did that all come from? Well, look, they were taking their children and sacrificing their children and rolling the eggs in their blood. That's how they had colored eggs. Kids out on the front lawn in a White House and some other place chasing eggs around. What's wrong with you? That's bad as telling them Santa Claus has come. And by the way, there is somebody coming from the north. You ought to look in your Bible. And he says, ho, ho. And I'll tell you what. It ain't Santa Claus. No resurrection, no hope. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a declaration of his deity. Scripture says in Romans 1:4, and declared, you declare something, you make it known, and declared to be the Son of God with power. There is power in Jesus Christ according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it's a declaration of the power of the Holy Spirit in the believer. And if you're a believer, listen up. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. That means give life. Shall quicken your mortal bodies. How? By the Holy Spirit. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. The Bible says if you don't have the Holy Spirit in Romans, you're none of his. You see, the devil has children too. Bible says we were enemies of God before we came to Christ and said, listen, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. You know, this idea that the Virgin Mary was assumed into heaven as a virgin and she was a perpetual virgin. It's clear that, that Jesus had half stepbrothers and sisters. It's clear that Mary called Jesus her savior in the book of Matthew. What did she need a savior for? She's the queen of heaven. The queen of heaven was Semiramis. And they burned buns on easter they cook buns with a t on them you see you know the crucifixion of jesus christ they weren't crucifying people it wasn't even invented 500 bc in that area but you can read 750 bc isaiah prophesied to the place that jesus was going to be born the time he was going to be born lord have mercy don't tell me the book's not real there's more evidence for those manuscripts, the closest manuscript to the, the original is called the Ryland Papyra. And the Ryland Papyra is within 50 years to the original. 
you get plenty of secundus, you get Homer's Odyssey, you get the Gaelic Wars, you get the Roman history. You know what you're going to find? They have copies of copies, and they start at seven to 1,300 years from the original. You see, you're not taught this in church because they want you to use an NIV because it's easier to read. But I'll tell you what, go find me Acts 2.38 in your NIV. Go find me 1 John 5.7 in your NIV or your ESV. You're not going to find it. Somebody took your God out of your Bible. You better find out why. You've been hoodwinked. It's all about money. You think Rupert Murdoch owns NIV. He's after the new King James. You think Rupert Murdoch's a good, and a godly man? Cut it out. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is a declaration of the power of the Holy Spirit in the believer. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, hey man, it is clear. It is concise. He has defeated Satan and all his minions. Hey man, Revelation 1.18 says, I am he that liveth. This is Jesus Christ. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Not for today, not just in the manger, not just once a year, and they put on all their nice clothes and their suits, and they come to church and pretend they're pious and holy for one day, and they go back after church, Easter will be over for them, and they're rest Sunday, and they'll think about the Lord, you know, Friday to Sunday, and then come Monday morning, they're back that are now and nasty in the 2020. Amen. Lord, have mercy on their soul. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the declaration that God has destroyed the sting of sin. Here's the declaration. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God which giveth us victory to our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 55, 57. You know, I go to funerals and I walk around the cemetery. People are crying. I like to walk up to them and say, are you, are you a Christian? And they, yeah, yeah. And I said, what are you crying about? I understand there's a wound. You lost your loved one. I said, but, but you're standing on resurrection ground. The Bible says that one day the Lord's coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming in the clouds. The dead in Christ will rise first. That body's coming up to meet that person's soul and spirit absent from the body present with the Lord. And we'll be up there caught up with him. That's resurrection ground. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the declaration of, of hopes and blessed assurance. Looking for that blessed hope. I'm not waiting for Donald Trump. I'm not waiting for any other politician. I'm waiting for God to do something. Let God make a move. Get these evil people out of the government. Now, I'm not talking about right and wrong. You Christians lost your way. I tell my child, don't put your hand on that stove. Well, he knows the difference, right and wrong. That's not good and evil. Christians are supposed to know the difference between good and evil. Got a country with killing millions and millions of babies. Got an invasion on our border. Lord have mercy. So, well, well, God will take care. Hey, listen, you better get on your knees and pray for God takes care of you. God's got a lot of ways to take a person out of the world. The only, the only thing a Christian is supposed to do after he's saved is produce fruit. Fruit unto the Lord and to bring glory to God. And if you're not producing fruit, what purpose has God got to leave you in this world? You better go, you, you get taken out prematurely. I've seen it. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a declaration of hopes of the blessed assurance. Now listen, no resurrection, no hope. Let me wrap this up for you. And I don't care whether you're saved or lost. You and I need to settle the sin issue. 
If you got sin in your life, get it under the blood of Jesus Christ if you're saved, if you're backslidden. See, it doesn't matter if you're saved. You can settle the sin issue now, or you can settle it later. See, there's a thing called the judgment seat of Christ, and every Christian will appear at the judgment seat of Christ. The unsaved are not going to appear at the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to appear there. And we're, our works are going to be tried there. And God's going to want to know what you did after you received his son. And I want to be standing around because I want to see some of these pastors go up there and tell them, well, we celebrated Easter. And I want to see when Jesus turns around with his eyes wide open as described in the book of Revelation as burning fire and says to him, what has Easter got to do with me, a pagan holiday? Listen, there are no second chances when it comes to eternal salvation through the risen Jesus Christ. You get one shot at this to receive Christ and to be forgiven for your sins, past, present, and future. All you have to do is say to God, you know what, Lord? Uh, uh, I, I heard this message, and, and I believe it's the word of God. I heard the scriptures. I'm touched in my heart. I'm a sinner. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of the whole emptiness in my life. I'm tired of the sadness and the depression and the world, the world that we live in. And, and, and Lord, I want to receive your son, and I'm going to turn from my sins, and I'm going to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm asking you, Jesus Christ, to come into my life, come into my heart, and to be my Lord and Savior. And if you've done that, the Bible says you are saved, you see, for with the mouth confession is made. It's a heart issue. You've got to get it right in your heart. No resurrection, there's just no hope. Now, I'm not saying we don't celebrate the resurrection because you come to the First Baptist Church and you'll find Sunday that we, we have a, a, a nice service. We'll have the Lord's Supper. But listen, we don't have the Lord's Supper just on Easter and Christmas, all right? You know, we're not celebrating Christmas because we, we, we got Jesus in the manger. We keep him in the little manger, little baby with the little fingers, everybody touching the the baby. Hey, I got news for you. Jesus is not a baby. Time of judgment's coming. You can't wait till tomorrow. What are you waiting for? God have mercy on you. What are you waiting for? Today's the day of salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just ask you to bless this listening audience, Lord. Thank you for giving me the strength and the courage to speak the word of God and to preach it as it needs to be, and to be honest with the people, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for letting nothing come from me that wasn't from you tonight. And if anybody's out there and they got saved tonight, God, that you would put a hedge about them, that you would walk with them, Lord, that you would help them find a sound doctrine, Bible-believing church. And, Lord, if there's people that were backslidden that got their hearts right and they're at their own altar now and they're praying to you to forgive them for their failure to serve you, for their failure to serve the community, for their failure to witness, for, for letting men and women stand around them cursing and swearing, and instead of telling them that they got a foul mouth, Lord, just bless those people now and help them find their way back to a good sound doctrine church, to the Bible. And I thank you, Holy Father. I thank you for this opportunity to come on to this Block Talk radio program, Lord. I ask you to bless the host of this program and in this endeavor as he runs for office, Lord, that we can get somebody in these offices who, who stand for you, Lord, and we're not going to take it. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>
Yes, Peter. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. That was good. Uh, I know you got to give... <laughs> um, got a lot of comments here. I'm, I'm responding to a few of them now on social media, but I have some on Twitter, too. Um, yeah, that was uh, pretty good there. Uh, that was uh, better than last year, actually. That was more uh, into the... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people do this. They hide, and, and it's destroying... I found what, what what's really destroying the church and the Christians out there and the Word of God and, and our country is these people that are hiding out there, subverting the Word of God, saying, well, he's wrong. It's okay to read from a NIV. You know, what are you talking about, Bad Friday? So what, at least, what would you rather have us do right now? Uh, do something, why, you know, we're worshiping Christ this, this Saturday. What's so bad about that? You know, I mean, at least, at least, you know, what's so bad about Christmas? We're exchanging gifts. We're being peaceful towards each other. At, at least we got one day where the country at least acts somewhat civilized. What's wrong with that, Peter? I mean, you know, well, well, at least the goal one is day. winning them to Christ. One day, one day or two days serving God out of the year is like spitting in a bucket. We yeah. brought nothing to God. Okay, you remembered him twice a year. His son died for you for 365 days a year. You ought to remember him every day. You ought to start off your morning and say, you know what, God? Thank you. Thank you for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, for Calvary, which saved me from splitting hell open. That's how you ought to start your day. If you start your day with the Lord, you'll end the day with the Lord. You know, these, this idea, all I have to do is win somebody to Christ. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study the shoe thyself. Approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. And that means he said study it. Why? Because there are deeper truths. There are things that men and women need to know out of prophecy. There is an understanding. You know, the Old Testament isn't just the Old Testament. The Apostle Paul said that those things were written for our admonition. And you and I can study the lives of other men who walked with God, and we could learn something on how to conduct ourselves and, and how to respond to God. Well, I got a guy right here. He says, Happy Passover. Everything has been copied from the Jews. Then the Muslims copy the Christians. So that means same God equals all our Christians. These, this is what I'm pointing to. These are, the, these are the scoffers out there. These are the people, the naysayers out there. You know, the men wrote that book. You know, the, here is comment. You know, we're, it doesn't make a difference. We're, it's all copies, you know. None of it's real, you know, right? You know, I mean, yeah, come on. That, that's what, that, and that's, that's what's destroying a lot of, 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 our, of you know, the good, you know, uh, and a lot of good people get turned away from stuff like that, too. And, we, and it's dangerous. That's dangerous doctrine. That's, that's dangerous words. That's, well, you know, you me, know what let, I mean? Let me, let me settle that for you and your listeners right now. Let me give it to you right out of the Scripture. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love it. But God has revealed them unto us. How? Who's us? Christians. How? By the Spirit. For the Spirit, Holy Spirit, searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we, the saved Christian, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You see, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but 
which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. And neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet himself is judged of no man. Now listen, here's your answer. You see, you're dealing with an unregenerated and unsaved man who has no spirit of God, who could read this Bible all day and all night and get a little wisdom, but he couldn't get a spiritual understanding, and he couldn't understand the interpretation of the book himself because he does not have the Holy Spirit. He's an unregenerated man. He's trying to live on common sense, and he's living in the flesh. So you're going to get those comments from people like that. They just don't have the yep. spiritual enlightenment. True. Now, once they True. Christ Jesus the Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit comes in, then God will open that book to them. You see? That's true. That's true. And we and a lot of Christians do backslide. I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, and you know that. And, uh, you know, we, and I'm sure you are too. And we all are. None of us are perfect. But, but in the end, though, like you said, if you open up your Bible and you get your knees on the floor and every day you're out there humbling yourself and you're studying the Word of God, he will reveal himself to you, and you will get, you know, you, you'll get it. And sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes seven years. Sometimes it takes ten years. Sometimes it could take, it could take your whole entire life. Who knows? It's, you know, it's between you and God. That's your relationship between you and God. Now, but don't make the mistake of not being saved. Make sure you know you're saved, and you're, you know, and and and, and open your heart to to uh, Jesus, and 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 know that you know he died. He he died and rose again for you, you know, and, and came back. You know, I mean, that, that's the most important thing. And people think they may have it. And they think they might be saved, but really they're not, you know. They're not. They're not. You know, they went to church. They got sprinkled. They were told, told to eat this piece of bread, and, uh, you know, you're going to get eternal salvation from it. And most people don't even realize what's going on in that church. You know, in, in Catholicism, that you're eating that bread. That, 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 that bread is a piece of bread. If you, if you study transubstantiation, they teach the, as a doctrine of the church that you're at that the priest has the power to turn that blood, that wine, into blood and the bread into flesh. And you know how many people I've met? I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and I went to St. Cecilia's in Stanford, Connecticut. And I, I, and I tell people who are Roman Catholic, listen, don't you understand the doctrine of your own church? And they said, what are you talking about? It's just a memorial. Oh, no, my friend. You better go back and take another look at the Council of Trent. You better go back and read that because that's not what it says. It says your priest that's up there blessing that piece of bread turns it into the flesh of Christ. And by eating Christ and drinking his blood, you're getting eternal life. And that's the first time they heard that. And they argued with me. I said, okay, hold on. Next time I come to you, I'm bringing you a, a, a catechism that's written by the archbishop in the diocese in Hartford, Connecticut. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to hand it to you. You can read it for yourself. See? And people don't know. Yeah. But here's one other thing I wanted to say, Joe. We're, okay. This idea that, oh, we're all the children of God. Hey, I got news for you. Here's what the Bible says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see? If, you don't, if you're not saved and haven't received the Holy Spirit, don't call yourself a child of God. You're a creation of God. You know, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says this. It says, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hey, you know how many people I meet, Joe, that tell me I, I used to go down the pier in uh, San Diego, in Imperial Beach in that area, uh, and uh, 
I'd go out with Bible Believers Baptist Church, the church that I, I pastored there for about five years. And I went, I'd walk on the pier and I'd find the older people because I liked the older people. And I'd say to them, listen, if you died right now, you're 100% sure you'd go to heaven. You know what they tell me? Yeah. I give money. I never committed a crime. I'm a good person. And I said, well, let's, let's take God's standard. Let's see how good you are. And they'd say, okay, what's God's standard? I said, let's take the Ten Commandments. I said, do you ever, uh, do you ever steal a paper clip or a pencil from work? Yeah. Well, that, the Bible says you're a thief. You ever tell a lie? Uh-huh. And then look at me, and, and, and I said, don't tell me no now, because then you're really <laughs> lying. And they said, yeah, yeah. We, you know, a white, lie, a white lie. I said, listen, a lie is a lie is a lie, whether it's white or black. It's a lie. Okay? So you've broken another commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness. I want you to know something I tell you. The book of James says if you broke one commandment, you broke them all. You're guilty of all of them. What's the difference? And so none of yeah. us are good enough to get to heaven. So we need the Savior. And that's why Jesus Christ had to come. You see? And this, this idea is an excuse not to serve God. When you hear men say, oh, the book is written by this and that. You know what the problem is with people? Lazy. That's a lazy man's answer. He has not researched it. He has not studied it. I've spent over 30 years studying it, finding out where these manuscripts come from, finding out the authenticity of it, the eyewitness accounts. Men like Josephus, the Jewish historian, who was not a Christian, who wrote about Jesus Christ outside of the Bible. Study world history, philosophy, all the stuff in the stupid world. You know what philosophy, Phila, uh, lover of, Sophia, you know, knowledge. And, and you know what a philosopher's yeah. looking for? The summum bona. He's looking for the ultimate good. He still ain't found it. Yeah, you know the that old saying? You, you know that saying, God only helps those who help themselves. Where's that in the Bible? <laughs> it, is, it is not. The Bible, not. Says, the Bible says, without me, ye can do nothing. So, you know, this yeah. idea, uh, uh, you know, you came a long way, baby. She sure did, didn't she? You know, these are world philosophies. Have it your way. No, you better have it the Lord's way. Amen? You've had it your yeah. way too long. You know, she, you, you came a long way to Virginia Slim commercials. Remember those back in the 70s, 80s? Yeah. The girl yeah. Yeah, sure did come a long way. Her skirt went from her ankles all the way up to her waist. You know, <laughs> this, with this demoralization of the American people is the failure of Christian men and women to dress properly, to act properly, to teach their children at home, to, to, and the older women, Christian women, to teach the younger how to love their husbands. And, and how to be uh, chaste and sober-minded. And, and they're not teaching that. You know, you know what God told Moses? God told Moses this. See, you, you go to these churches, you get this rock and roll music, brother. And when you get that rock and roll music and the drums beating, and people don't even know where the drums come from. Because, by the way, the drums didn't come from heaven. You, you can find out. You better find out who Cain's people were because they were the artifacts. He was cast out from the presence of God. He didn't have anybody to glorify, so he had to sing his old sad veneer songs of a sad world. He was separated from God, and that's where he was the artificer of those of those instruments. Okay, and if you don't know anything about drums, we we'll just go study voodoo, just go study some of the uh, uh, tribal nations. with the rhythm. But God told Moses this. He said, Moses, these people. They're going to get away from me. And when they get away from me, they're going to sin. They're going to forget who I am. And here's what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to go teach them this song. And it's in the Bible. You know why he did that? 
so that when they got away from God, that song would be in their heart and they'd remember. And so that's why we sing the old hymns. We're not just going to church. What uh, Hymns in church should teach doctrine. They should teach something. And, and what a friend we have in Jesus, you know? And Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. What, what a friend we have in Jesus. And you know what? You teach your children those songs. You sing those songs. When you, your children get in trouble, you know what happens? They turn back to God because that song's in their heart. I do have a friend. I'm not alone. Let me call on Jesus. You see? Yeah. And these other people with this rock and roll, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, glory, hallelujah, praise Jesus. What, 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 where, what are you, okay, praise Jesus, I, I'm all for it. But that's just a way of souping up your flesh and getting emotional. You know? I got yep. a mansion yep. over the hilltop. That's scriptural. Amazing grace. God's grace. I deserved hell he saved me. Amen. And the country today is so well, – you brought up politicians and uh, whatnot. And obviously, you know, I'm running for public office here in North Carolina. And, and the thing it is is that we, we know – you know, we've we we had this conversation actually privately. You know, we can have an awakening. You know, all is not lost. You know, can you – because i got a couple questions on that because I know I'm not taking – and anybody wants to call in, I'm scanning the numbers. And everybody's kept private, but I'm watching the numbers because we, we get a lot of, you know, you're on the Internet, and we know what the Internet brings, and we know what social media brings. The filthiest, well, we trashiest people out there, you know, out in the world because they can hide behind a keyboard, you know, and because we don't know who they are. And and that, that the cowardliness and, you know, and whatnot. But, but back again to my point is that – we can have an awakening. Okay, a couple questions on that. You know, if all's lost, and you know, what should we do? Just stay to keep to ourselves. I mean, why? I mean, or just you know, preach the gospel. Yeah, that's fine. But what about America? I mean, it's the last stand on there's earth. A, You're running. I'm running for public office. What do I do? There's a there's a do what you're doing. Uh, my treasurer is running for uh, re- a representative of the state in the state of Connecticut, and uh, she's uh, uh, you know a good solid sound doctrine Christian woman who hopes to bring some Christian values into the state house. I mean that's what you do if you can do it. If that's what God's called you, not everybody's called to be in politics. Not everybody's called to to be a preacher. Not everybody's called to be a deacon. If that's your calling, get get on it for the Lord and do it, and God's going to bless it. Hey, listen, we serve a reasonable God. Here's what God says to you and me and to the rest of us. He said, "Come now, and let us reason together," saith the Lord. Though your sins be scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson. They shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God's a reasonable God. And God's saying, listen, come to me. Get off your sin. Change your heart. Pray. I'll answer your prayer. That's a, that's a good you know, answer right so, there. Yeah. Amen. You're right. Anybody uh, want to uh, uh, ask a quick question here, you can, or to make a comment, that's fine, you can. Press number one, phone number 657-383-0616. I know a lot of people are messaging me on social media and uh, uh, asking a lot of questions. I can't get to everybody, obviously, but, you know, all calls are, you know, like I said, kept private, and nobody's going to call you back. Or I know, because it's the Internet, I, and I get that, you know. I mean, you know, look, you've been threatened on this show before. How many times have I been threatened, you know? I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, loony tunes out there. 
the evolutionist that I debated. He was coming to San Diego to kill me. But anyway, uh, you know, yeah, somebody else. <laughs> yeah, somebody else was going to get somebody's angels after me or something. I told him I got God's angels. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. I I think that the the thing today is that people need hope in this world, and we're living in a destitute and a dangerous place. The world is dangerous, especially if you live in New York City. And a guy gets off a subway, you know, likes to smoke bomb. He's 67 years old. You think you know better. And and I don't know whether he's got mental health problems or whatever. The the alleged man, because we really don't know, and, and uh, you know, fires 30 rounds. And, and our young people today, and I, you know, I did that funeral, and I told the young people, you know, that you're not tough guys. All the tough guys I know are in the cemetery. And, and why don't you take care of your family? And why don't you respect? You know, my mother and father used to say this, Joe. To me. That's on a serious side. I said this one time when your your grandmother was on, and uh, and I said to her, I said, you know, my mother and father used to say to me, Peter, you only have one name in life, one name. And I didn't know what that meant until I got in trouble with the law. And one day I was sitting there and I said, Wow, I've destroyed my family's name. I destroyed everything my father and mother worked for all their whole life. And now they're reading about me in the newspaper. What a wicked son I am. Yeah. And yeah. I, I encourage young people listening tonight that, that you would think about that. You only get one name. And your legacy is in your parents. And and you know what? Uh, e- even if they're not saved and you're saved, you need to remain a holy example. And for all you young girls out there, young Christian girls, and, you you know, you're getting around sixth grade, junior high school, freshman year, and you notice Johnny and the other boys starting to try and get close to you, and maybe some girls trying to entice you to do some things wrong. You, you tell those girls this. You say, listen, I could be like you anytime, but you'll never be like me again. And you live for Jesus, and God's going to bless you. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good advice there. And 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 America, you know, look, we're at a turning point, very ter- serious turning point right now. Think of how things were yesterday. Now, you said mentioned my grandmother uh, uh, on the show there. Uh, you know, throughout the, you know, she she's stunned at some of the things that we talk about on here, and and because. You know, she does. She's not on the internet and whatnot. She's you know watching uh, Wheel of Fortune and everything at night still. You know, uh, stuff like that. And and the, the the way things. And I talked to somebody. They said nobody years ago, back in the '60s and '70s, would try to call you and scam you out of your money and and try to steal your checking account. You know, and, but today the boldness and the conniving and the thievery and and a lot of it has to do too with the representatives we have in public office nobody wants to hear you nobody wants to listen you can't get in touch with anybody and you it was an interesting point you brought up iPhones i me me pc personal computer it's all about me just do it just do it you know the world is yours and the thing of it is is that you you, you look at a rest and go into a restaurant you can see a young couple out on a date they're staring at their phones they're not even talking to each other you know, nobody can communicate no more, and I'm finding out that that, and I'm guilty of that too in a way. I, it's, I'm becoming it's more difficult to communicate with people. It's hard. I, you know, how do I start this conversation? How do I talk? Two, fifteen years ago, I would never ask that question because today the world you can't it you can't have text messaging. What the heck is this? Call me, just call me. People are scared hey, to call. You know. Hey, Joe, it's funny, but 
some of these kids have more imaginary avatar friends than they have in real life. And, and you know, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and here's the other thing. It's the parents' fault. First of all, that screen's bad for their eyes after so much time. So when your kids get a little older now, they have eye trouble. It's your fault. Number two is, is I've been to homes where I looked down and I said, what is this eight-year-old doing playing, you know, this war game and chasing cops? What was that famous one they had there they, where they were chasing the cops, they were shooting the cops? And I said, that's what you're teaching your children. You're desensitizing your children. I said, you know, you don't even realize that it's a crime for a child to have an R-rated movie. Yeah. And you're it's giving just this kid this movie. Yeah. yeah. And you're giving this kid the movie. You're impairing the morals of this minor. And it's your child. The same thing with the TV. You leave the kids in a room with the TV on. I walked in a house one day. There was, you know, the average kid sees 20 murders a week on TV. And that's just, you know, in the movies. And, and you might, I told a lady, I said, ma'am, as you left these kids unsupervised here with TV, did you see what they're watching? The chainsaw thing, they're chopping the people up, saw, or whatever it is, one, two, and three. Oh, I didn't know they were watching. I said, why don't you just leave your front door open and let the people come in from the streets? What's the difference? The same yeah. influence. Yeah. And people say, well, I'll Wait, deal with it later. Go? You know, they push oh, it off yeah. on the back burner. Yeah, you brought that up, too. Yeah. You know, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Hey, hey Mike. Hey, my Christian friends, here's, here's another thought for you. you. You buy your children those toys that are half animal and half man. That's bestiality. Where do you think that came from? That's what you're teaching your kids. You know what? Yeah. And then you hear the other guy tell you, well, you know, I don't go to church because there's too many hypocrites. Oh, God, cut it out. It don't stop you from going to Walmart or the Olive Garden or somewhere else to eat or go yeah. shopping, shopping, shopping. You know, the food lion, wherever they go, you know, Dixieland. And cut it out. Yeah, six five seven six five seven three eight three zero six one six. You gotta press one. Uh, people just can't figure this stuff out, man. I got people hanging up and they're like, oh, I can't get through. They're sending me messages right now. You know, I press one six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press one, and you get right you get right through to the uh, phone here. We're not gonna be too much longer here because uh, Peter, you know, like I said, he's getting off the the COVID, and I got a couple questions on that. A couple people asked me because a couple people fans of the show that listen to it later on and they download it in the archive, and and I opened up with this actually. When Peter comes on and does this Easter show here, usually we get a, you know we've we've had a lot of strong heated conversations. I'm avoiding that here, uh, uh, but it's the most downloaded show that I've ever ha- I ever have the past two time past previous two years. Uh, if you go back and listen to the last show he did uh, about Easter when he came on on Easter, it's the most downloaded show I've I've ever done. You know, more downloads, more shares than any other podcast. I just don't understand. I mean, I mean, it was a good podcast. I'm not trying to put you down or anything, but it's it's like, you know, obviously the the, the will and power of God and the good Christian brothers and sisters that are out there sharing it and promoting it, and it's a good message to learn. But but we have to learn from that message, and because right now we're in perilous times. We are at a crossroads here in America, big time. Big time. And the, the patriots out there, the people for the republic, the, the Christian brothers and sisters out there, we need to come together, stop doing our own thing, unite, and make sure we put God first because we can't do nothing without God. That was very important what you made, brought up, you know, eyes on eyes in the Bible, knees on the floor every morning, every night before you go to bed. And, you know, and our youth, our youth. And I, I mean, what is the – can't we get the keys here somehow, the message and how to fit – how to – 
how to come together and, 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 and maybe have a revival here in this country? Do you see it happening? You're a preacher. I mean, do you see it happening? Uh, you know, or you just think that, man, we're in trouble. I mean, all I can do is just keep on preaching and praying. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you think? I think that's pretty I, I, much I, it. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm I, sorry. I, I, I agree with you. Um, what you're saying, I, I, but I, I think the revolution has to start in your own heart, and and Christians don't realize that they're overcomers. If you read the seven books, I mean the seven churches in the Book of Revelation, there, there are there are seven overcomers, and those apply spiritually to us Christians. We have power, we have authority in God. God has given us that, and we have the release of prayer, and that God answers prayer. And the angels are called ministering spirits. So let me let me give you a quick example for your listeners. In the book of Daniel, Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days. And finally the angel Gabriel shows up and calls Daniel beloved and tells Daniel that the minute he prayed, God sent the angel Gabriel to him. But Satan opposed him. And the opposition was so hard Gabriel, the angel, could not get to Daniel with the Lord's message. And he had to call Michael, the archangel, to get Satan off of him so he could break free and get to Daniel. And so, my, my friends, you, you, my brethren, you're praying. Be, be patient in your prayers. God answers prayers three ways. Yes, no, wait. He hears your prayers. There are ministering spirits about you. Have faith. Yeah. Just don't stop praying. Keep so you get my biggest, be like yeah. My biggest concern is, like I said, I was is is I'm trying to and I'm trying to weed out. So I was hoping a couple of these individuals would call in tonight. Is the is the translations we have gotten into in the Bible studies I've done is the translation charts. I say you ever have you ever have a translation chart? You, have, you know, remember we we had that translation chart uh, with the dispensations and and the, the seven translations, seven steps, and and uh, seven books to the you know Coverdale, Tyndale, uh, whatnot. And and the, my biggest argument or debate or squabble over in the Bible study was the translation, and they they came back at me with saying. What's the big deal as long as we're, we're bringing people to Christ? You know, what's, why not the NIV? Why not the world? Uh, you know, why not? You know, I mean, uh, they just don't. And then, and then we got into another one about Easter. Uh, I'm glad you covered that tonight about Easter. You know, Good Friday and everything. And they were like, what? What are you talking about? You know, where's that said in the Bible that, that Christ went to the cross on Wednesday? And, and uh, you know, uh, you know they, they just couldn't overcome that. And these guys... Uh, these are friends of mine, and and you know we're rather you know and I haven't been to their Bible study lately, but that was a big heated conversation, and it's like you know I, I mean I, I'm not trying to hit you with so many questions here, but please explain one time again uh, as quickly as you possibly can here that how important it is the King James Bible that is the true authenticated word of God that is God's word preserved like He promised, and it says it in the Bible and it is what it is it means what it says it says what it means. Okay. Uh, I'll try and do it in a nutshell. It isn't easy. In the book of Psalms 12, 6 and 7, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation 
forever. Matthew believed it. He wrote about it. Isaiah believed it. He said it. Jesus wrote it. Matthew quoted him. Peter said it. And Psalm 100 says that thy word is truth. Okay? So God has promised to preserve his word. Now, if you own an NIV, why don't you open that verse up and look at 12.7? Because they've changed something. One little word. See, it says... The words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou wilt keep them. What is the them? The words. Well, your NIV changes to thou wilt keep us, the nation of Israel. Now, God put the doctrine, the teaching of the preservation of the Bible, that God would be responsible, not the church, not the printers. God is responsible for his word. Okay, and so they changed it. They don't want you to know that. So you'll spend your money with those Bibles. You see, they're not easier to read. What is a sat trap? You use that word in your daily conversation because that's in the NIV. Okay, and so when you go to Acts 2.38, you find out that that verse is missing. Philip is writing, and he's reading out of Isaiah. The custom at the time was to read out loud. And, and Philip's walking along, and he meets the Ethiopian eunuch. And listen, it's no small, it's, it's the Queen Candace's eunuch, and he's going to Jerusalem. He wants to know God. He went to worship, and, and he's, he's on his way back, and he's reading from Isaiah. And, and Philip says, what are you reading? And he tells him, and he says, well, he says, uh, what hinders me from getting baptized? And Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, you can get baptized. You know, and, and he says, I believe Jesus is the Lord. He says, okay, he takes him down into the water and he baptizes him. You see, that verse is missing if you believe with all your heart. See, yeah. in other words, you can get baptized in NIV and just get in the water and yeah, that saves you. And so, you're, you know, the city sewer system became your God. All right? Not to be a wise guy, yeah. but there are the, the, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth. Purified seven times. Here's the seven world languages. Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, Old Syriac, Old Latin, German, English. There are seven translations. Tyndale, Coverdale, Matthews, the Great Bible, the Geneva, the Bishop, and the King James. We don't use Wycliffe. Some people call him Wycliffe. Because Wycliffe's translation came from the Latin Vulgate of Jerome which was a corrupt manuscript. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so that broke it so down. There is, yeah. there is within this Bible, but there are verses missing. These newer Bibles, they change Jesus from a son to a servant. Uh, they, they take the blood out. They take the word hell out. They put Hades in. They put, uh, 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 you know, they, they just, it's, it's a subversion of the word of God. Here, here's what the question was in the beginning. Yea, has God said? That's the first question the devil asked Adam and Eve. Yea, has God said? What did God say? See, it wasn't what did God do. It's what did God say? Mm-hmm. You see? And so the written word of God is what God said. How do I know I got the right book? Well, I got the right book because I follow the line of the English language. I follow the line of the translations. And then how do you account for the millions of people who have received Jesus Christ. How do you account for this book being the number one seller in the world? And, yeah. and listen, it's the only book that tells you about your sin and about the sins of other men. You, you can read the Quran if you believe that a 600-wing angel showed up 
and that when the earth when the sun goes down it, it hisses and that if you wake up in the morning and you have yellow wax in your ear the devil peed in it and earth begins with a and life begins with a blood clot come on the five oh really and if you're a five percenter and and don't get me wrong Farrakhan a lot of people don't know he's a genius he's a uh, a great musician, wonderful philosopher, a man of culture. But the truth is he's a five percenter. He is not a regular Muslim. He is a black Muslim. And what he believes is and what they teach is that the white man, that a mad scientist by the name of Yakub went up into the Caucasus Mountains and took the brown germ of an original man who was black, took the brown germ and mixed it with the a pink germ from a swine, a pig, and created the Caucasian. And that's what wow. they teach. And, and you sit back and say, that's not true. Oh, yes, it is. Go study their doctrine. You know why? See, my people are, Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's not what you, what you know, it's what you don't know. If you really want to learn something about Easter, there's a book you can buy. Uh, and and it's before modernism gets in the church. Alexander Hislop. Yeah, it's called the Two Babylons. And yeah, you I will read get that. A, yep. You, yeah, and you will get. You know, your listeners will get a thorough education, uh, edification on 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 the, on the you know these holidays and these pagan holidays and all these things. And you can learn something. But there's nothing like getting saved, receiving the Holy Spirit, and God opening the Scriptures for you. See, I know that I know that I know. Nobody's ever going to talk me out of it. Alvin Pannon, the wonderful and great Russian mathematician, was an atheist. And he said, I'm going to disprove this Bible. And I'm going to start right now with the verse. And I'm going to do it mathematically. And he started with Genesis 1.1. And in Genesis 1.1, there are seven words, okay, in the Hebrew. And Alvin Pan has found so many combinations of the number seven within that one verse that he became a Christian. He just could there's no way a man could have written. No man could have calculated it that way. And by the way, in English, it's ten. God counts by seven. Seven, six days, he rested on the seventh. A Gentile, you and I, we, we count by ten. Genesis 10 is a Gentile nation, right? Yep. There's ten, ten words. In Genesis 1 in the English. How about that? 7 in the Hebrew. See, people are not taught this. They're not taught this. The church pastors are not teaching this. And that's how can we shake up the churches out there and the people out there and the people out there with these online Bible studies and, and whatnot. And, and again... I get these comments, and that's why I'm keeping a little very close eye on the phone lines, and I'm shredding out a lot of people. Probably won't even get, take any of these calls because I don't know who I'm getting, and I just got to be very careful because um, I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin the podcast. Um, you know, over the years, that has happened so many times, and you know, and I've gotten a lot of flack for that too. Um, it's not not open phones, but if I recognize your number, or if somebody sends me a message says, "Hey, I'm, I, yo, can I just ask a quick question?" I'll try to get you on real quick, but we're ready to wrap it up. Um, they're not teaching this okay. stuff. They're not bringing it. You know, how can we get them to do this, to, to speak well, the truth and teach the Word of God? Well, here's what they do. Okay, and I'll give you two answers to this. Oh, and three, really. But here's the first one. What they're doing with our young men and, and, and young women is they bring them down to these seminaries, 
and they teach them the Sinaiticus Vaticanus and the Alexandrian manuscripts and the Western. And they, after they learn those, and by the way, those two, you know, the uh, the uh, Sinaiticus was found in the bottom of Saint uh, Saint Catherine's Monastery in a garbage can, the bottom of Saint uh, bottom of Sinai Mountain, by a man named Tichendor, and the Alexandrian, you know, from Egypt. And nothing good from Egypt in the Bible, you know, God called his son out of Egypt. And so what happened is that those two manuscripts alone disagree with each other in 2,000 places just in the four Gospels. But what they do is they take our young people and they bring them into the school. They're not sound doctrine. And they teach them from those manuscripts. And then they tell them, now we're going to teach you what's wrong with the King James Bible. Ah. That's the first problem. The second problem is they've stole the authority from the Bible. You see, if you're a student and you have an NIV, and I'm a student and I have a KJV, and mine says one thing and yours says another, well, if you have two authorities, you need a third, right? Because now I've got to go to the professor. So who's the authority? No longer the Bible. The professor is. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. Satan did it in the garden. You've got God's one authority, the devil's another authority, and Eve became the authority. He could become his God. And so those are two things. How do we clean the church up? First of all, recognize men that are went and men that are sent. There are a lot of men who are behind the pulpit right now. Branson wrote a book called Preacher, Please Quit. If you're a preacher, go get the book. You might find yourself in there. Okay? Uh, It's by a man named Branson. Preacher, Please Quit. And here's what they've done. They think it's a job, just like a vocational job to be a mechanic, and they're going to go to school. So they go to seminary, and they decide, hey, I'm going to be a pastor, you know? I mean... And there's a story of one pastor, I can't remember his name. He was in the pulpit for over 10 years. He was unsaved. One day he was reading from the book of Romans, and he fell on his knees, and he, and he prayed, and he got up in the church and said, what's wrong? And he said, I just got saved. <laughs> so, you know, so we have men and, and, and men. Yeah, yeah. Now, and, and here we are. I got one of my guys here on my social media here, and I respect this guy. He's, you know I'm a part of the Patriot community and whatnot. And, you know, this Norm Olson. Norm Olson, if you guys don't know who that was, one of the – Go back and look him up. I'm not going to explain it all, but Norm Olson, uh, part of the militia in the early 1990s, but uh, went and testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, uh, after uh, Ruby Ridge and whatnot. But um, this is what he, this is what he says here. He makes a comment, and he's wrong. And I and I'll just say I don't you know I don't, I'll tell anybody flat out they're wrong. He says, "Is our culture as a Christian nation worth saving?" Jews are asking the same question. Is their history, traditions, beliefs, and sacred ceremonies worth saving? Worth uh, uh, perpetrating. American Christianity should be refined into a simple dogma of mutual agreement. Can we say with one accord, Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, is the only Savior and, on, uh, and only by confession of belief can we be saved through his sacrifice on Calvary? It appears that many voices are are crying out today, but perhaps we need to join in one accord that without doubt and beyond the critics, Jesus Christ is Lord, and there is no other. I agree with him there. Uh, the, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke there in the beginning. It was the comment underneath that I disagreed with. Somebody said um, that the, I'm not going to read the whole thing, that the Freemasons, uh, uh, George Washington and the Founding Fathers were all Freemasons. I wish people would stop that. Dr. Phil Grady cleared that point up for me years and years ago. I, I bought into that stupid nonsense where he showed me, I think it was a book, I think, uh, Peter, I think you might have read it, how uh, Satan destroyed America 
I believe uh, one of the books he wrote, Dr. Yeah. Phil Grady, he, he got a copy yeah. of a letter from the archives uh, of George Washington's actual letter where he states and writes he was never a Mason, never a part of their lodge, never visited their lodge, and wanted no part of them. He was not a Freemason. The Founding Fathers were not Freemasons, okay? George Washington was not a Freemason, so stop that. Stop. It perverts history, and it destroys history, and it's not true. So, um, you know... <sighs> Um, Peter, real quick here, any final thoughts here? I mean, anything you want to say? I'm going to check the phone here. I'm away from the phone boards. I didn't have any because I've been scanning. The, anybody want to comment here? If I recognize your number, press 1. I'll get you on here. You might have quick something to say. If not, Peter, final words here to take us out, or you want a uh, prayer, maybe anybody who hasn't accepted Lord Jesus Christ, how you want to wrap it up here tonight? Uh, that's fine. Just let me give you one verse here. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Now listen, you know, these guys that's right in and they tell you, well, you know, we can all, can't we all, what they're really saying is, can't we all just get along? There's many roads to heaven. Everybody's got their own road. No, no, listen, there's only one road to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, that's the only way, and that's what you need to know. And you know what? It's the prophecy. And it's the Jews had their opportunity. They crucified Christ all the way up into the book of Acts where you're going through a transitional period from law to grace. You find after Acts chapter 7, after Stephen gets sown, you know, everybody's pretty much getting saved the same way. Okay. But God the Father offered it to him, right? God the Son offered it to him. And Stephen knelt down. And, and he offered it. He said, you stiff neck, you always reject the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit offered the Jewish nation. They rejected. He turned to the Gentiles. Why? So the Gentiles, see, the Jews were supposed to bring the, this word to the world. And because of that failure, God turned and he put this church age in right now. And it is the Christian who's supposed to bring the word to the Jew. You see? That Jesus uh-huh. is the Messiah. Okay, and 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 so we we're to we're to we're to fulfill that. You you read that in the book of Romans. So so comments like you know well we can can't we all everybody believe something different? Well, listen, people down in San Diego don't believe the San Diego River is going to flood because it's dry all year round until the first rain, and they put signs up uh, bridge out, and they got the the guys are there the rescue teams with plastic boats. And 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 uh, life jackets and ropes, and they're standing there because they know somebody's just not going to believe the truth. <laughs> Good point. And there they go, <laughs> and somebody cries right in there. So so you know what? They search out the truth. What is the truth? The prophecy is that you know what? Israel's not lost as a nation. They're temporarily set aside. Now it's up to us. Get saved while you can in the age of grace. Because if you hit that, you miss this rapture and you hit that tribulation, you're in trouble. So let me uh, yeah. uh, tell you how to get saved one more time. Uh, you, you need to come to a place in your heart where you know you are a sinner. You need to admit that and, and get out of the denial and go before God and say, you know, Lord, I, God, I, I'm a sinner and, and I need a Savior. And I'm, I repent. I'm going to turn. Repent means to turn away. Uh, I repent of my sins. And I'm going to ask Jesus Christ. I believe he died, was buried, and resurrected on the third day. And, and I believe it so much I'm going to be in church Sunday. And, and, and Lord, uh, I save my soul. And listen, if you prayed that, 
That's what the Word of God said. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, I shall be saved. You know, there's no act of contrition. There's not 50 juju beads and, and all kinds of stuff these people do to try and earn their way. You know, go out for the Lady of Fatima and get on your knees and crawl up 100 stairs. And, you know, I was invited there one time. I, I was invited there one time, and I said, I was, you know, I'm a wise guy sometimes, you know. And I said to the people, Would I, is it all right if I bring knee pads? Right? <laughs> you know, they crawl up. And they looked at me like, what, are you crazy? But but I like to uh, I like to pray out with you, and then you know you can yeah, close out where you like. All right, Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to bring forth Your Word, Lord. Your Your Word says, "My sheep hear My voice." And God, I hope that the people of God tonight have heard Your voice, and Lord, that somebody who's backslidden get right, somebody who's unsaved would get saved, and somebody who's saved would just give You the glory and continue walking that walk. And I praise you, Lord, and I, I thank you for your mercy and your kindness tonight, and uh, thank you for Calvary. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And real quick, I'll get extended one more time. Uh, I've got one, one quick, one, one last question here. You don't have to do that openly, right, Peter? You don't have to say, I mean, you don't have to go in front of anybody, like, because a lot of Catholics listening right now. You don't have to go out openly and admit to all this. You do it privately within the confines of your own home, right? All right, let me do this real quick for them. You can pray anywhere. Prayer is simply ask talking to God. But but here, let me simplify that for the for the Catholicism. Uh, in the temple, there was a priest, and the priest would stand before a curtain, and behind the curtain was the Holy of Holies, and only the high priest could go back there once a year, and he would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice there. And then on the day of Christ's crucifixion, when he died, that veil, that that was four and a half inches thick, woven with fine gold thread with cherubs on it. It was ripped in top, in, in two from the top to the bottom. And the temple door swung open, and people saw for the first time the Holy of Holies. Do you know what God was telling people? You can come directly to me. You don't need that priest anymore. Jesus wow. is the only. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is our go between. You see? So, so these saints can't before heal people. These people that are declared by the Pope. Somebody, they, they, there's no miracles anymore. People aren't performing miracles. You're saying, how could that be? They, you know, they're saying that's well, all I, a lie. First, first of all, I just had this uh, uh, conversation with, with somebody. Listen, let me read you two quick verses. Paul, this is out of the Book of Corinthians, chapter one, verse one. Do Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and so saying, he's our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, and to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you. See, this idea that you canonize a saint, and listen, that's a tradition, man-made tradition to the church. It, the Bible says anybody who's saved is forgiven for their sins. They are the saints of God. If you died right now and you're a saved man, absent from the body, present with the Lord. There's nothing going to hinder you from going to heaven. Jesus Christ paid for your sins, past, present, future. Do we go on and keep sinning like they said Paul was preaching? Paul didn't preach that. But there is chastisement of the Lord. If you get outside of the will of God, he's a father. He will correct you. Yeah. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, brother, is, you know, there, there are a lot of people who are in opposition, and the truth is this. Some of it's ignorance. And I don't use that word in a disrespectful manner. I use it as a without knowledge. 
I'm ignorant myself of rocket science and some uh, physics and stuff, and so I'm ignorant in those areas. You know, we've taken that word and we've changed it to, you know, call somebody ignorant and it means something derogatory. Well, it just means a lack of knowledge. And and you know what? These people have the lack of knowledge because they don't want to study it. You know, I, you know I, I, a I, lot of it's loneliness, Peter. A lot of these people they get ignorant because they're lonely, and we look at these. We have what we have today. We're in we're in the end times. We're in the end times, right? I mean, that's why we're doing this. A hundred years ago, people were not like this. Look, uh, you know, people were you know there was always a you know you, there was a, a single men like there were today, or single women out there like there are today. You notice how much how many single men and single women there are out there today? Isn't it amazing? You know, and and, and, and yeah. this guy's sleeping with this one, this one's doing this one, this one's having sex with this one. It, 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 it's crazy. And you expect well, God to bless reason. America. You know, it, it's not it's, – it's parental teaching, the church teaching, and, and, and to teach that sex – to have a sexual appetite, the purpose is to reproduce. That's why you have hmm. a sexual appetite, to reproduce. And the wedding bed is undefiled. Dogs jump from, uh, 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 you know, dog to dog, and there's a beat, you know, I, there's a word for that, and uh, and and, and we're, we're not dogs. Nobody's, you know, that's something that 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 has to be taught at home. This is why the Christian parents are homeschooling their kids and getting them out of the public schools because here's your problem in public school, you you have so many different teachers, and of those teachers, they all have their own religious and philosophical teachings and thoughts and beliefs and and they filter that into their teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's you know, dangerous, huh? Uh, yeah, and then you have you have this new world order that that you often have taught about and and with good cause and truth. I I mean, we know it, it's biblical. And and so who are these people that are running this thing? Well, they are people who are godless. They have no morals. They do not believe in God. Anything goes. They are the yeah. gods because they're more intelligent, they believe, than you and I. So because they have more intelligence, they have the right to control us and to, to do what's good for us, like kill millions of people with a COVID. Why? Because yeah. they're going to reduce yeah. the population. You don't have to worry about, listen, everybody knows climate control my eye. You can't sell everybody in America an electric car because the electrical grid couldn't stand it. <laughs> Imagine everybody home from San Diego, California, or Los Angeles and getting to their house at 3, 30, 4 o'clock and plugging in their, uh, their electric car <laughs> so they can recharge it for work tomorrow. The whole thing is crashes. Come on, people, wake up. This is a farce. Electric car. Listen, somebody's making money out of this oil. Always been that way. Our country's been sold out by politicians who sold them out for the benefit of their own pockets and their own families. And they got so dirty that one was covering and accused another one and tell him he'd reveal them if he didn't cut them in. Let's, let's wow. you know, this stuff is on. And on. You know, who knows about Ukraine? You know, you know, we we sit back watching Ukraine get destroyed. The truth is, Russia is not part of the New World Order, not part of the European Union. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I know you're right. You know, they're fighting. He, he he's got a whole different purpose. It's not about neo Nazis. You know, hey, listen, they, uh, there's all kinds of things going on. It, it, it was a corrupt 
to start with, and uh, Ukraine, and the United States is on Russia's border, and uh, you know with NATO, and uh, they said in 2014. I listened to a Ukrainian woman from there talking in 2014. They killed 14,000 of those people on on those little provinces next to Russia. And those people finally calling out, "Come on, protect us, protect us!" You know, and there's other ulterior motives to this whole thing too. But who knows what evidence is being destroyed? You know, Biden's son and all that. Who 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 knows what what evidence is now destroyed? You'll never find any of that stuff, any hard evidence. Yeah, I think I got a special caller way. here who may have a question here. I think I got a. I'm not going to give any personal information up. I think I got a youngster on the uh, a young. I got a a, a a younger individual that's listening, so about uh, 12 years old. So I uh, got a 12-year-old out. So I'm going to patch him on through. I think he's got a question here. Uh, if you, uh, he, he's already sent me a private message. What should he ask? Um, oh, it, just, you, just ask. You know what? What you what? texted me. I guess you could say. You know, and, and you know about. You know, I think it's the same. What we just basically covered is how do you how do you get saved or 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 he, he's in he's in middle school right now. Well, let's put it through it this way. Instead of asking the question. Let's give, again, give the, to the 12, 13, we've got a few of them out there listening tonight. The 12, 13-year-olds, the 10-year-olds, they live in confusing times. They live in, they're in public schools. Give them a little bit words of wisdom. Let me, enter, let me just have him, if he wants to ask something real quick, I'm going to patch him through. And you can say hi if he wants to. Say hello, because he wants to get on the radio here. Go ahead, say hello. You're connected. Hello? Yes, go ahead, you're connected. Go ahead, say hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> do you want to ask a question, or do you want him just to give you some advice? Do you have a question you want to ask? Um, give me some advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll right. give you some advice. The number one is trust and obey God. Number two is listen to your parents. They have experience in their life that you don't have yet. You know, a funny thing happens to some of the some of us kids. So when we get to 12, 13, 14, now we all of a sudden our friends know more than our parents, and they give us bad advice. Listen to your parents. Study hard in school, and uh, pray to God to reveal what God's plan is for your life. Spend less time on uh, on the computer and more time with your family. And if you, I got a uh, question. Uh, have uh, Peter, yeah, actually, I have a question for this caller. Um, do you, do, when you're in school, do they have the Pledge of Allegiance in the morning or moment of silence? Do they have, like, when you're in your first class of the day, do they do a Pledge of Allegiance or anything like that to the flag, or do they moment of silence? They they do both every single day. Really, they do the Pledge of Allegiance. Wow, wow. Yeah, huh, that's that's so good news. Okay, so you stand up and put your hand over your heart and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. They do that? Is that what you're saying? Yep, yep. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay, Okay. all right. That's good news. I thought that was dead and gone in America today. (laughs) In some places it is. In some places, you know. You know, I I, I come from a a military family. Some schools, do they not even say that? Yep. Hang on. Hang on. Yep. One second. Hang on, caller. Hang on. Hey, Peter. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I come from a military family. My dad is, uh, you know, uh, World War II. My brother was Vietnam. I was a Vietnam era. My wife was, uh, you know, 20 year retired. 
and uh, you know it's uh, a shame that you know the people that have died uh, for our country that don't have respect from our government. And uh, I like your platform running, and I think it's important for you to let the people know that you stand by our veterans because our veterans are yeah. America. And uh, yeah, and a lot of time, you know, go up to the hospital. We should get them out of their beds. And you know, my wife is an honor. An honor guard in uh, in Arlington. Uh, once a year, we go down there. And now we're at the Argonne Cross, and I'm going to tell you that um, we we've come to a place where we 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 need to respect our veterans and we need to care for them better. And and so that's something that I appreciate you saying, and that you know, restore our republic. That's what needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. And to call the youngster out there, just uh, real quick. So you have, just so we know, you, you have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. Amen. That's good news. Yeah, amen. Huh? Anything, caller, real quick that you want to say real quick before we wrap up the podcast here tonight? Nothing very much. Okay. Okay, I understand. At least yeah. you're listening and you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Can't beat that, right, Peter? No, there it is, and you know what? I, yeah. I, I all I know is I remember kneeling down next to my mother, and my mother telling me I couldn't have been more than seven, eight years old. My mother telling me all about Jesus and praying with me. And, and I uh, believe uh, that. Go ahead, caller. Go ahead, real quick. <laughs> I got another caller here who wants to jump in here too, real quick. But go ahead, call young caller. Do you got something else you want to add? You can't talk over. We can't talk over each other. So you got to wait till somebody's done. But go ahead. You want to say something real quick? Yeah, and I pray every night as well. Good. Okay. Good. Well, good for you, you should read your Bible every day, too. You know, just take a chapter, a book of John, uh-huh. and read the Gospel of John, because God talks to you through his word. Okay, I got one more I want to pass through here real quick. Caller, I'm going to mute your, mute your phone there just for background noise, you're, you're, just in case. Uh, 320, go ahead. You want to say something real quick? Yes. Hello. I miss you guys. Um, oh, how, how you doing? It's good to hear your voice. I know. Okay, so I'm not a church person, but I absolutely accept our Jesus Christ as our Savior. But the message I want to tell you guys is I love you all. I love you all. I'll pray for everybody because it's a a political warfare out there. It's a mess out there. Yes, it is. The ones that we need to pray for the most are the ones that are doing the most damage to everybody else. Pray for our enemies, right, Peter? Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes, I'm I'm not you. I I was saying that to Peter, but, yeah, I'm glad you recognize that, too. Peter, any advice real quick to the caller? Some people say, well, you're going to pray for our enemies. Well, well, why not, right? We've got to pray for our brothers and sisters out there. Well, if they knew anything about the scriptures, they know the Lord said, pray for your enemies. In so doing, you eat coal, fire, and brimstone on their head. Listen, vengeance is mine, say it the Lord. Don't try and take vengeance. You're stealing from God. You better pray for your enemies that God be merciful to them. He's going to take care of your enemies. But I hear this often. I'm not a church-going person, and it takes me back because, and here's why. Scripture says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And there's fellowship Fellowship is important in our Christian walk, and you you must you may have a gift that God has blessed you with, whether the gifts of help or administration or something, and you're part of the body of Christ, and as part of a body, you're a missing piece. 
And so Amen. when you come together with it, so when you come together and you're in that church, then your your peace fits in, whether you're a hand or a foot or you know. And so uh, no, body <laughs> no, I'm just joking around there. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You you may have a gift there, caller three two zero. I don't want to give out your name. I know who you are. I recognize your number. That's why I passed yeah. you through because I got a bunch here, but I'm not going to pass them through because I don't know who they are. But uh, I'm sorry, guys. I got to do it that way. I don't want to ruin the show. I mean, it's just it's too good of a show tonight, clean, and that's what I like. But yeah, you have a talent, maybe. What do you think, caller? I mean, you know. Maybe no churches up in your area, maybe, that you're comfortable with? I mean, you know, I mean, well, she's doing fellowship now. I hear clear from churches. I really do. But I I am actually working in Minneapolis as a paralegal two days a week, and we, we do church right there in the office. Right here, right there. Oh, okay. So there you, there you go. So you got a church, right, Peter? That qualifies, right? Yeah. I, we pray. I, by the way, I earned my paralegal degree in 1989. A lot has changed. We got a lot of There is no degree here. There was someone that sought me out. The lawyer sought me out and said, hey, I need you. Well, that's good. Yeah, good legal mind. This is a good call. Yeah, good legal mind. This call. And uh, we'll have to do. A, we'll have to. Get, I'm gonna have to get you on in the future, real quick, uh, just to get you on in the future. We'll have to talk because maybe we can talk about that. Some of the issues, political issues, especially with the primaries coming up, and especially me running for office. Yeah. But Peter, um, but thanks, caller. Um, I appreciate you listening and uh, calling in. And it's good to hear your voice, though. I, I, I send you messages, but I send so many people messages, but nobody ever replies. I guess. To, but I'm glad. Maybe some. Maybe they're just all watching and they just. Uh, don't too busy to reply. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not busy. That's what I'm doing, Joe. Is I'm watching. I'm watching. Okay. I just don't well, want to stick my. Yeah, you know, you know my situation. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and a lot of people are in that situation. I get that. I really do. But uh, Peter, real quick, last word, real quick, and we'll wrap it up. What do you think? I'll close out with 50 seconds of Ronald Reagan. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, Praise the Lord, and a wonderful opportunity. Thank you, Joe, uh, for giving me that opportunity. Thank you for the callers for listening and for your opinions, and I, I appreciate it. And uh, I know uh, uh, you, you, if you think about it, you'll be blessed. And if you got saved, well, contact Joe. And we'll we'll get you some literature to help you along the way, uh, next steps, some other things. And so, thank you, Joe. Uh, appreciate it. Pray for our country. Pray God uh, remove the evil, not not the right and wrong, but God remove the evil uh, from our presence, and let let the Lord deal with these people, and uh, God will answer our prayers, and and uh, let's pray for Joe that he can uh, you know something happen wonderful and get into that office because we we need some Christian people. Pray for my secretary, her name is Sue, and uh, um, grateful uh, uh, that uh, she's running for office. And I hope that, you know, there's a lot of Christians that are moving now. There's a movement started in the West, and it's moving all the way east here right now. And uh, it's a foundational fellowship. Uh, Landmark Baptist Church in Stanford, Connecticut has also a uh, a movement going on. And these people are really standing up for what's right. They're not, you know, Christians have to stand up. We have to. I wanted to we ask that, to. Peter. I wanted to ask that about the Minneapolis. Do you see a movement happening up there where people are coming? You said you pray and your work and whatnot. Do you see, like, from compared to five years ago, do you see things changing? Well, there, I there think that... things. Go ahead. I was asking yeah. Minnesota there, Peter. I was asking Minnesota. Go ahead, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, there is things changing, and um, I'm actually a paralegal for a 
uh, a person that's running for AG. You know. Who oh, I'm okay. About. Attorney General. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yes, and she she is a devoted Christian. She she doesn't care what anybody says. She doesn't play the political warfare. She stands her ground, and yeah. and God is a very big part of that. A very very big part of that. And um, great. That's why that's why I, I accepted that because you know my positions on lawyers. I mean, lawful versus legal, and she knows my position on everything. And she's like, I need you. God said, yeah. I need you. Great. Wow, awesome, so, awesome. Well, that, they're going to cut me off, actually, in a minute. We ran down to the two-hour uh, two, uh, two mark, actually. That's great. Hey, i got about one minute left, so I'm going to close out Ron Reagan. Thanks, guys. It was good to hear your voice. Peter, as always, thank you. And go ahead and download the show. And to the people that listen to the archive, I know there's a couple of people that want to make contact with Peter because they, they, he has inspired them during his last, the last show we did with him. So, uh, amen. God bless. God bless our republic. Let me make this an absolute fact. The goal is world peace. That must be our prime responsibility. We are the leader of the free world whether we want to be or not. And therefore we are the only ones that can preserve the peace. And to do that we must have strength. Meeting this mission as responsibility for preserving the peace, which I believe is a responsibility peculiar to our country, that we cannot shirk our responsibility as a leader of the free world because we're the only one that can do it.